Right, I want to share with you a message that I feel like God's building on things at the moment, and, and I, want to keep, I want to keep building on what I believe God is, is wanting to say to the church. And, and I want to look at, um, at Luke 4, verse 18, and, and, and I'm going to be looking at quite a few scriptures today, so you might just need to make some notes if you want to follow it up. And, but here we find a, a scripture in Luke 4, uh, verse 18, and it reads like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. What Jesus was saying here is still the truth today. The anointing of God still breaks open things that are not of his kingdom. The, the anointing of God, the anointing that was on Jesus, still destroys poverty, still destroys captivity, still destroys depression. It's the oil of gladness, not the oil of sadness. Uh, what Jesus brings to us is a breakthrough anointing that comes from the very heart of God. You know, uh, the, the, we're hearing, and if you please don't turn on your television these days or, or pick up the news, because the news will tell you this is a time to go down. This is a time to be in recession. This is a time to be in depression. I have good news for you. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time to sing out. It's a time to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. This is not... I, I reject any message right now that, that glorifies poverty, that glorifies anxiety and depression and, and brokenness and sickness because the church is arising. Jesus has come. The Holy Spirit has come. And the anointing of God still rests on His, on his people and His house. And so I want to say to you today, the anointing is God's empowerment program for the destruction of everything that is not as it should be in the heart and in the mind of God. It is, the, it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the things that wants to hold you down because God wants us to live in the fullness of everything that Jesus came for us to live in. God still wants to touch people. God still wants to, to change people. God still wants to do miracles. He, he didn't have a limited amount and said, oh, well, I've run out right now. No, he still wants to move mightily. He still wants to do the impossible and move the immovable. He, he still wants to be God in this world, and he does it through his anointing. He does it through his hand. The, the, the world wants you to think things are getting worse, but I want to tell you God's moving in the opposite direction. The world wants you to think things are getting worse and worse and worse. But I tell you, if you know God and you hear what he's saying at the moment and you see what he is declaring at the moment, he's not moving in that direction. God is moving in a different direction. Amen. There's never been a better time for us to be Christians. There's never been a better time for us to say, I am a believer. I am a child of God. I am a Christian. But here's, but here's my Here's my message today. What is a Christian? What is a Christian? What is it to be a Christian? Is it just something that we claim? Is it a title? Is it a family name? We have, we have a young man sitting over here. His name is Christian. What is Christian? What is it to be a Christian? I think so many people don't understand the fullness of what it means to be a Christian. What? A Christian 
means. I want to touch on that today because I believe the revelation of understanding what a Christian is, it is power to see breakthrough, power to see blessing, power to see the love of God. It's the power of God to live in your full identity. It's the power of God released in your life to live the full life that Jesus came for us. John 10, 10, for us to live a life that is abundant. Amen. Amen. Sadly, many people do not understand that they think that Christianity is a tradition. They think, they think, it's, a, they think it's a religion. Uh, they think it's, we live in a Christian country, so we must be Christian. Or, or they think I've come from a Christian home, so I must be Christian. I want to tell you today, I don't want to break too many of your, of your, your little uh, glass ceilings or boxes, but I want to tell you today, if, if that's what you believe, you, you have such a small, small revelation of what it really is. And I want, to, I want to do that for you today. I want to unpack that for you today. Because just to know there is a God and to even know about Him is not going to get you anywhere. It, it, the Bible says even devils and demons know that there is a God and that there is a Jesus. We want the revelation of what is a Christian. Amen? Hallelujah. In order for me to do that, we have to start with Jesus. In order for us to understand what this is, we, we have to start with Jesus. Jesus had many titles or many things that, that was used uh, around his name in, in the New Testament, but the one that was used far more than any other is the Christ. The Christ. Now, some people may think, well, Jesus Christ, that is his last name or his surname, but it isn't. His surname was Bar Joseph because his father was Joseph, Joseph's son. That would have been his surname or his last name. No, anointing is what Christ is the, is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah, and it means the anointed one. The anointed one. So Jesus was known as the anointed one. He is the anointed one. And so in Bible times, and ancient times, and even in some cultures and traditions today, people would be anointed. To be anointed is a, is a practice that if you've been coming to this church, you'll, you'll, you'll know what we, we do it here. But, but if you don't, to be anointed is, is the practice of taking oil or, or perfume, or sometimes a combination of oil and perfume, and, and to smear it on somebody's head, or to, 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 to put it on their head in some way, or in some ways pour the, pour the oil over the head of a person, and that is to anoint. In the olden times, kings, priests, and, and prophets were anointed. To be anointed means that you have been set apart. You have been approved. You have been empowered. You are protected. It also means that you've been made sacred. Uh, and another word for sacred is untouchable. Uh, you, you, you can't be touched anymore by other things. But the most important anointing of all in the Bible was not with natural oil. It was with spiritual oil. The, the most important anointing we find in Scripture is when Jesus was anointed with something so much better than olive oil or sunflower oil or even BP oil. He was anointed with something that came from heaven above and it anointed him into his being set apart, being approved, being empowered, being protected to be made sacred. The Spirit of God himself anointed Jesus 
with the Holy Spirit and power. So God himself anointed Jesus. And I want to give you some scripture as we, as we pick it up. So it starts, I'm just jumping around a little bit just to give you some context. Mark 1.10 says, As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. In that moment, something of heaven happened. God sent his Holy Spirit to rest upon Jesus. The Bible says, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, on fire with the Holy Spirit. Uh, he, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he defeated the devil. He defeated the devil Round number one in the wilderness. And the Bible says he came out of the wilderness on fire. On fire. And then we pick up this scripture, which we looked at in the beginning. So Jesus comes back to Nazareth, and he starts preaching in the, in the synagogue. And he starts reading, reading the scripture from Isaiah 61, which, which we just read when I started. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. So Jesus refers to a prophetic word that was in Isaiah 61 and says, this is what has happened. Now look at the testimony of Jesus. Uh, we look at Acts 10. There's a bit of a testimony of Jesus and it says this. Are you all with me still? I'm rushing because I want to get this all in, but I don't want you to miss anything. I want you to catch the fire of God today. Amen. In Acts 10, 38, there's a bit of a testimony of Jesus, and it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So here we have Jesus, anointed of the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Spirit of God. We see him going around, healing the sick, delivering uh, those who are oppressed. Uh, he preaches the Word of God. He declares the things of the heart of God. He, he, he's full of grace. He's full of power. He's full of love. Uh, he lives a sinless life. He lives a life literally where there is no sin that touched him to the point that he was tempted, that he acted beyond temptation. He was full of love and righteousness and forgiveness. He lived in such a way that he was able to be amongst people that would crucify him. And he was able to submit himself to being beaten, mocked, and scorned. He, he gave himself to a place where they literally, even though he was innocent, nailed him to a cross. He went from there to the, to the very death. Three days later, rose again. You get what I'm saying? He ascends. And is sitting at the right hand of the Father. How did he do that? He was anointed. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself talks about that. By the Holy Spirit, he has an anointing that enables him, even though he lives in natural flesh, to do impossible things because of the anointing of God that's upon him. And we see in, in Mark 4, the disciples said that, who is this, that even the wind and the storm 
would obey him. We find uh, in, in Matthew 16, Peter saying, you are God. You are God. I, I just did the, who, who else would I follow? I, I can only come after you. I've seen too much. I've, I've experienced too much not to know that you are the anointed one of God. So he was anointed. He is the Christ, which means the anointed one. That brings me to Christian. Not you, Christian. All of us. Oh, you, I just knew that you were going to sit there today. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to hold myself back. We were first called Christians in Acts 11 in a place called Antioch. Um, it's interesting that, that it wasn't a compliment. We, when they started calling people Christians in Antioch, it, it wasn't really a compliment. In fact, it was almost the opposite because they were, were trying to ridicule and tease and mock uh, because before Antioch, they were called those of the way. Everyone that followed Jesus were called those of the way. But here in Antioch, they were called Christians. And it was almost like a ridicule where it said, oh, so you think you're like Jesus. You think you can walk like Jesus. You, you, you think you, you're a wannabe Christ. You, you want to be uh, like Jesus. And, and what they meant to be a ridicule and an insult and a mock actually turned into a compliment because, yeah, we do. We do want to look like Jesus. We do want to walk like Jesus. We do want to be the, the visible expression of the Christ that, that we follow. And, and so the thing that they wanted to, to push them down on was the very thing that they celebrated. It wasn't just that they were saved. It was that they were walking in power and authority. And the things that Jesus did, they were doing. And people said, oh, do you want to be like Christ? You're a Christ wannabe. Do you get that? They looked so much like Jesus that people couldn't help themselves but call them Christians. So when we have this this doctrine or this idea in our head that Christianity should be everything void of power, that we should have a Christianity that doesn't express Christ anywhere. How would people ever point a finger at you and say, do you think you are a Christ? Do you think you're a Christ wannabe? So the very fact that the way they lived was so visibly powerful. You know, Paul actually said to the Corinthian church, you, you guys are so nuts. I'm going to have to actually get you guys to calm down so that people can actually hear what you're preaching. The, the church in the New Testament was so full of the Holy Spirit and power that, that it took Paul to tell them to keep quiet so that somebody could actually preach. You know, we, 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 have, we have seen theologians turn that upside down to make it look like he was rebuking them. No, he was actually saying, I, I, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but let's calm down so we can actually hear somebody prophesy or somebody preach. Hallelujah. 2,000 years, we still proudly call ourselves Christians. 
Jesus had the Holy Spirit come upon him and he was able to do amazing things. And then he passes that baton on to you and I and he says, I want you to walk in the same authority. As the Father has sent me, I send you the same anointing that I carry. I want you to carry that same anointing. Let's look at Acts, uh, uh, sorry, John 14, 26. The help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. John 20, 21. Jesus said, as the Father, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8. Wait, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. 2 Corinthians. 121. If it is God who established us and God who anoints us, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. John 14, 12. I tell you, wherever believer, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater than these because I am going to the Father. If he is the Christ, then we are the Christians. If he is the anointed one, then we are the anointed ones. Small letters. We are not Christ, but we are so much like him that people can easily see him in us. People can easily make the mistake. You look a lot like Jesus, Peter. You look a lot. I can't do that. You're Peter and you're Peter. And you're a lot like Jesus, Ben. That is the visible expression of what it looks to walk and to be in Christ. And I want to tell you that same, that same gift, that same promise, that same uh, impartation that was given through Jesus to the first church is still available to each one of us today. Each one of us has the access today to walk in the fullness. It's not a feeling. It's not a decoration. It's not something in the background. It is the Holy Spirit. It's the person of God in His Spirit. It is fire. It is, it, it is earthquakes. It is, it is power. It is oil. It is water. It's a river. It's resurrection power. It is real. It, it's not imaginary. It's not something. That, and for too long, the church has lived outside of the anointing of God. And, and they thought that God is a theory, but I want to tell you, God wants to come with the Holy Spirit and with power, and He wants you to see that He is a real God, moving in real ways, in real lives, transforming people, and bringing fire back to His house. We all often say, we often say we want the church like the, like the church in Acts. Well, well I, I want you to go and read the Bible. We read the Bible through clinical eyes, but read the Bible properly. The Bible church was wild because they couldn't contain what God was doing. All they could do is surrender to it. They could only say, your will be done. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will just flow in the anointing that's upon my life. I believe this is what God is saying as he prepares us for coming, for his second coming. You know what? You say, well, why is the worship going so long? Well, I think we're preparing for heaven. Bible says in heaven, you're going you're gonna to worship day and night. If you can't worship for 20 minutes here, 
or an hour here, you're going to struggle in heaven. Maybe it's not a good place for you to be because in the presence of God, we will all be saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we might as well practice it now and, and, and experience the fullness of His presence right now. And why not, while we're at it, bring the kingdom of God to our neighborhoods and our communities and our friends and start to see all this junk that is in our city and in our state eradicated by the flow of the goodness of God in our city. Amen. Is there anybody listening to me today? Amen. It's the anointing that allowed Jesus to do what he did. He was still God. He was still flesh. But it was the anointing that came upon him that empowered him to walk. And I want to tell you today, you may be in your Christianity today and you may say, well, this is too hard or that is too hard. This is too difficult. I can't do that. I, I, can't, seem to, 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 I can't seem to do what I want to do and I can't go where I want to go and I, I can't pray like I want to pray. I want to tell you, you cannot do it unless you are endued with power from, the, from on high. If Jesus could not do the things that he needed to do without the Holy Spirit, you are going to run out of oomph. There's a good word, oomph. Jesus said, it's by the Holy Spirit, the anointing that was upon me, that I was able to do these things. Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And the Bible tells us that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I don't know about you, but that's a scary thought. Have you ever... Have you ever wondered what it's like for the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to live in you? The same Spirit that would see multitudes healed, multitudes broken free, devils run, demons run. My goodness, the very power of heaven manifest. I've got good news for you. He lives in you now. He lives in you now. It's like the guy who inherits a house. And his grandfather put millions of dollars in the walls of the house. He lives there all his life, didn't know that there was a fortune in the house. God's saying today, it's time to take the paneling off. It's time to take the walls off. It's time to take, there's treasure in these walls. There's treasure in these walls. We need to start break down these barriers and these ceilings that we have that's keeping us inside, living like we have nothing when God, through the Holy Spirit, has given us all the power and the anointing we will ever need. You know, if we want to be a church like the New Testament church, we will be supernatural. We will be super powerful. We will be super amazing because it's not us, it's Him in us. Are you getting me? And I'm going to wrap this up. Maybe the musicians can come. But it's free. It's free. The anointing that I'm speaking of is free. It wasn't free for Jesus, but it's free for you. The, the, the ability for you to ask the Father and He would give you the Holy Spirit is free. Because Jesus paid the price for you to be welcomed into the family of God, to become the sons and daughters of God. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything to get this power that I'm talking about. 
All you need to do is recognize that when you give your life to Jesus, that there is far more than salvation. He gives you a bouquet of the goodness of heaven, and he wants it to live in your life. And the anointing, the Christianness is yours today. Don't just take a title. Live in the inheritance that's in it. The anointing always makes a difference. And I say that without reservation. The anointing always makes a difference. Now, I know the, the, that our experiences in life and the difficulties we've had and the, the, the stuff we've lived through has given us some scars and given us some, 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 some things that, that when things happen, it's, oh, well, maybe God will help me or maybe God can heal me or maybe there's a breakthrough here. I want to tell you today the maybe is gone. The anointing always makes a difference. The testimony of Jesus is he healed all who were oppressed of the devil. And I believe the anointing today wants to break every yoke, every yoke. You know, that scripture is so powerful in Isaiah 10, 27. I've got three different translations here because I think it is so significant for you. Isaiah 10, 27, the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Another translation says the yoke will be broken because of your fatness. Another translation says the yoke will be broken because your neck will become too large. Now the imagery of that may offend you, but you've got to get this in the spirit. The anointing that God sends increases you to the point where the things that used to shackle you, the things that used to yoke you, the things that used to keep you down, no longer fit on you. The fatness of the anointing has made your neck too big for that old trap, that old curse, that old temptation, that old hindrance to still be on you. And so the anointing makes a difference because it makes you fat in the things of God. It anoints you with an oil that lets the things that is not of God slip off. Now you may be here today and you've called yourself a Christian and you've given your life to Jesus and you haven't realized that there is so much more in that name than just a name. I want to tell you today, God has a desire to fatten you up in the, in the anointing, to increase your capacity for the supernatural, to create such a largeness, to enlarge your tent, to enlarge the place of your gathering, to enlarge the place where you live, that, that nothing, absolutely nothing that's not of God can be sustained in your life anymore. That's what it is to be a Christian. I am not who I used to be. I am fatter. Probably more in the spirit than in the natural. But isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? And it's not what you've done. It's what he's done. I don't want to ask you today, have you felt a bit skinny in your walk with God? Have you felt a little like everything is just on you and you just can't seem to move? 
Well, I've got news for you. It's a lie. If you've given your heart to Christ and you've accepted all that He has brought and you readily call yourself a Christian, then receive the anointing that comes with the title. You are an anointed one in Christ. Maybe right now, just close your eyes and the team will lead us in a, in a worship song. But before they do, I feel a special anointing here today to break yokes. The hard thing is that yokes come in different sizes. Some of the smaller yokes are easy to pop off and break off. But we can sometimes walk a long time and still have a yoke that hinders us, that harms us, even causes us pain. But I believe today, God wants to increase your anointing. He wants to increase the presence of His goodness upon you in such a way that you fatten up in the things of God, that the anointing enlarges you where that thing can no longer... It's almost like it can't fit so it won't even try anymore. See, I think that's often where most people see their breakthroughs in their Christian journey. It's not that they've, they've broken and jumped on the yokes that used to hold them. They're just so far behind them, it doesn't matter anymore. I've moved away from those things that no, they no longer have a hold on me. And I believe God wants to set some people free today. And you may say, oh, my, my thing is just, it's irrelevant or it's just small. Or it's, it, 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 but it's been with you for years. And you go fine for a while, and then one day out of the blue, you fall. You find yourself being lured into something. You find yourself being caught up in something. You find your, your thoughts running or your mouth running or something goes wrong. And you, you, you feel that guilt and shame. All of a sudden, you've done the wrong thing or said the wrong thing. And that's a yoke, my friend. It's a yoke because it keeps you down. Anything that keeps you down is a yoke. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And what he says by that is that what he is able to put on your life will be easy to walk in and it won't hold you down. The yoke of Jesus lifts us up. The yoke of the world pushes us down. 